today I have an individual who has uh, actually been a, I've known him longer than anybody else here except for my family in an intimate way. And what I mean by that is he has been my friend for a long time. Uh, Jonathan Heron came to this church uh, about eight months ago. It'll actually be eight months next week. And he has been an incredible blessing in many ways, but he was also a part of our church up in Pennsylvania. Um, he is not coming up here because he is my friend. I have him coming up here because God has done a great work and continues to do a great work in him. And I think that it's valuable for the body of Christ to hear how God is working among our own. So I want to pray specifically for Jonathan. And then after I do, if y'all would just welcome him up. Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to allow your Holy Spirit to work in Jonathan today. Lord, I pray that as he shares that you would allow him to get out of the way and to allow your Holy Spirit to speak to each of our hearts. Help us to recognize that this same Spirit that has anointed Jonathan is the same Spirit that is available to every single person in this room. Lord, I pray that you would move in our lives so that our lives would become a living testimony to those around us, that they would see and know that the Spirit of God dwells in your people. Lord, I pray today for your blessing on Jonathan, but also on each of us as we receive your word. In Christ's name we pray, amen. If y'all would, would you welcome Jonathan to the platform? Good morning. Am I on? Good morning, everybody. Um, blessed to be here. I just want to say first, before I even begin, we just got back from a youth retreat in North Carolina with the kids and, and teenagers, and God's presence was definitely there. I mean, there was not one argument. That was one blessing, I say. all the, uh, But it was just such an encouragement, inspiring to see these young kids loving God, and I have no other words to say, but just how grateful I am to see that and uh, what a blessing they are. So thank you, youth group. Um, all right, I will start first by uh, introducing myself. Of course, some of y'all know me, some of y'all don't. Um, my name's Jonathan Heron. I am 37 years old from the wonderful state of Delaware, which many people haven't heard of, I don't think. I've, I've had people ask me, you know, is that a small town in Wisconsin or somewhere? Uh, anyway, um, I was raised by my, uh, in a single family by my, my wonderful mother. Um, it was me and my, my older brother I have, uh, so she was a single mom. I never knew my dad, and... Um, I just knew of my dad as far as he had a, a, a he was in bondage and addiction of sin just as myself and you know um, that's about all I know of him I heard the stories but no no relationship with him uh, just grateful for my mom you know I know she did the very best she could at raising us and it's hard to be a single mother so I understand that pain um, I did not help her at the time I could say that much for but uh, just blessed to have her as a mom also. Uh, like I said, I had an older brother. I mean, I have an older brother. And until uh, so I was about 13, and my mom got married to Carl, and uh, we had, uh, we were blessed with my younger brother, which he's, I don't even know how old he is. I was 13 when he was born, so do the math. Um, my, uh, my wonderful grandparents were just key and essential in my life and uh, helping raise us. Um, not just for like the physical support, you know, but 
the number one reason that I'm so grateful for them is that they showed me Jesus all my life. Like, they love me to Jesus. And I know that just through the power of my grandmom's prayer that uh, my grandfather is in heaven, bless him. And, and, and my grandma is still here. She's 76 up in Delaware. But I know that she's just being encouraging as loving as she always has been to me. And it's just, that's not, that's, I see Jesus every time I talk to her. So it's a blessing. Um, also, a blessing is since I've been down here, I don't get to see her. So we, we make it a point to uh, make sure that we get a phone call in every week, once a week, you know, just to pray and to make sure that, you know, we, that she knows I love her. And, you know, I'm trying to get her, I'm trying to persuade her to move down here, but that's a prayer request for y'all. Um, all right, a little bit into my story. Uh, I went to a Christian school, too. I was in kindergarten, the fourth grade. I went to a, a Christian school, so um, I was introduced to Jesus at a young age. I had the knowledge of him. You know, kids get the, the idea and the concept of Jesus, but you, I didn't understand the relationship part. Like, that was never even really, I was too young to understand that, I think. Um, but anyway, I, I was pretty much a good little kid, uh, but then there was a change that happened in my life to where when I was, uh, we moved to um, a different town. And uh, it, it was a public school that I went to, and things started to change. I'm, I mean, I'm not blaming public school, but I just got mixed in with the wrong people, and I was hanging with the cool kids, you know, who I thought were cool. And I was 15, I was young and impressionable, and I just wanted to uh, find my identity. And what happened was, there was no guidance in my house. My mom was always working, and I mean, she did her best, I understand, but there was no father figure around to keep us straightened out, so I got to basically run and do whatever I, I wanted, and trust me, I could never sit still, <laughs> so I was kind of into everything. Um, but what happened was I started to hang out with people that were like 21 years old and older people, like... Um, and I was just a little kid, you know, you're 15 years old, and, and these guys were you know, drinking and selling drugs, and they had this lifestyle, and they had the money and the cars and the popularity, and I was just in all of that stuff. Like, and that was where I was seeking my identity. I wanted to be them. That was in place of uh, my role models. That's who it was. You know, I didn't have no, nobody to really look up to, so that's who became my role models, and I just wanted to be them. And, and the sad part about it is, is that they, they kind of took me, and that's our society. You know, they took me and they said, watch little John. He's going to be big, you know, all this stuff. And they encouraged it and promoted it. And I look back at it, and I'm not blaming them as individuals, but the enemy was really at work there. Um, anyway, uh, so instantly I started to, uh, oh, I do want to say that most of them guys are all dead or in jail now. Most of them that I know, or they're still out in their addiction, so. That's just, that's your, that's the future of that stuff. Um, I started, I instantly started to get into more and more trouble. I was in DUI arrest, I was fighting, I was getting beat up, I was in car accidents, I don't, I mean, uh, I had reconstructive surgery, you know, I had blood on my brain, air on my brain, I had uh, some things, it was to the point where the doctors at one point told me, you know, you're lucky to be able to speak. That's how severe these damages that were happening to me. So, um, and of course, they told me if you get hit in the head again, you're dead. You know. So, of course, I got hit in the head again more and more times. Um, 
But that's just the power of God. I look back and I see his hands all over me. There's no, no other reason that, that I'm here. And uh, standing here speaking, um, so I have been part of God's grace and miracles through a lot of my life. Uh, anyway, it was also, I had, you know, on top of all the fighting and car accidents, it was drug overdoses, it was alcohol withdrawal, it was severe dehydration, it was, it was some, some, some very self-inflicted suffering that I continued to do. I stayed in it, I partied, and, and I continued to just live that life. I was stuck. I was consumed by sin. And uh, to, to, uh, in, in James 1.14, our temptation comes from our own selfish desires. It's, it's which entices and drags us away. So I was living for self. And, and, um, but I, uh, I could go on and on about the pain and the darkness, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here really to glorify God. You know, my story is for his glory. Um, so, so I just want to glorify God in this. And like I said before, there is no other excuse for me standing here right now. Um, there's no logic. There's no no reasoning behind it but God, which, but God is my probably two favorite words in the Bible. It, it, it appears in the Bible 44 times, at least 44 times, but God. And every time that's written, he does something for a change. He changes something and he does something awesome or he, to adjust to his will. It's all about his will. Um, so in 2012, I was at a bottom in my life and was in despair and had nothing but brokenness in my life. I was out of control. I was homeless. I had nothing, nobody, you know. Um, I was just, I, I had one friend that uh, actually went to the ministry. That's how I found out about it. Um, a good friend of mine that was struggling with the same thing told me about I said, I don't know what to do. I need your help, or I need help. And by God's grace, um, I knew Chris is his name, and he told me about the colony of mercy in New Jersey. He said, I got a place for you, man, you know, if you want to get your life right and you want to get it right, you know. And I was a believer in the Lord, so, you know, so this place is, uh, the place I went is in New Jersey. It's a Christian rehab, they call it, but I would prefer it to be called more of like a, a spiritual boot camp. It's more like a spiritual hospital where some, some serious healing takes place there, and, um, it's where 40 men can go, and you stay there for four months with the option to stay for a three-month discipleship program that um, it's just strictly focused on strictly biblical uh, teaching, and Jesus is the only answer. You know, uh, it doesn't, it didn't focus on the sin, it focused on the Savior, which is just very powerful, and I keep that in my heart, you know, you don't focus on the sin, you focus on the Savior. Um, and I learned that addiction is a symptom from sin. Uh, I was seeking to fill this hole in my heart with all the things in the world, whatever it was, you know, drugs, drinking, just there's numerous, numerous things in the world that you try to fill that void, and it's not for that, it's for Jesus. And I learned by going here that this is where I began to, to build a relationship with Jesus, was at the Colony of Mercy. Um, I'm very, very grateful for that place, that place. The Lord's presence is all over that, that land. Um, through there, I, um, I found that only Jesus can provide that joy and peace, you know, beyond human understanding. There's, there's no other 
uh, fullness of life that Jesus gives us, like that I was empty from and I was missing my whole life. Um, but I was blessed through the colony of mercy to be introduced to a, a man I consider my best friend, one of my best friends, you know, Pastor Mike. Um, I uh, went out of the colony of mercy and I went to his church. Um, there was a ministry there that his church did that was a second chance house, like a transitional house. And pastor worked with us, and uh, it was a bunch of guys that, you know, you could only come out of a Christian facility to be able to go into the house and, and things like that. So we were all going through the same struggle. Um, anyway, I did good for about two years, I'd say. I was walking with the Lord, and I was on fire. And, and you know, I, somewhere, I don't know where, but I must have left a stone unturned, or, but I took my will back, and I started to grow frustrated and, and complacent and just I took my eyes off of Jesus and I took my will back and started to go into my old ways you know like I, I remember picking up a cigarette and that was just a, a loophole for Satan you know to get in there it was just a cigarette and then I started just to it was my first compromise was that cigarette and then I it added and then I did one compromise after another the next thing I know I was back drinking bottle in my back pocket, bags of drugs in my hand, you know, just out of control. And, and I basically took my will back. And I, I, I totally, totally shut down the church. And the people at the church, I didn't want to talk to them. I didn't want nothing to do with the church. I just, I was done and I ran from, from the house. Uh, and I moved into uh, Wilmington, Delaware, which is like a smaller Philadelphia. That's why I call it. It's like Philadelphia's cousin. It's like a it's a rough spot. Um, but I was just running to, to be able to do whatever I wanted to do. Whatever John Hare wanted to do is what I was going to do. And I moved into a YMCA building, which was one of the poorest choices I have made. But um, it was very, it was similar to a jail cell. I felt like I was paying like four sixty five a month to live in a jail cell is basically what it was. And... and and, you know, it had a community bathroom and a community kitchen, and there was no stove or nothing. You just had to use the microwave. And it was pretty, pretty, it was very terrible, actually, because the quarter of the people there were either addicts, another quarter were disabled veterans, the other quarter of the people were, like, mentally handicapped people, you know, and, and, and the other people were just got out of jail. So, I mean, that was the population of people that lived in this building. It was a mess. It was... Very, very scary time. Roaches and bed bugs and all the mess. Uh, it was pitiful, sad, dark. Um, so anyway, I, I actually, I, I reached to a point where I just wanted to die. I wanted to just be dead. And I wanted to, but God wouldn't let me. Uh, he kept me. I, you know. Um, so I tried once again to um, sober up you know, get, get right, and, and, and after another severe visit to the ER, of course, um, that's when I said, all right, I need to do something, but I neglected God in that, that to where I, I didn't want anything still to do with the church and his people, I just, I was fighting it so hard, and um, so what I did was I went to a, uh, a detox to, um, you know, clean up, and then I, uh, Went into a, a Oxford house. It's like a 
similar to a transitional house, but it's the secular way. It's not the Christian way. And, and uh, so I was doing the AA meetings and 12-stepping it, and I, I did all that. And I, I stepped myself all the way back to drinking and, and doing dope and drugging. And, and uh, no disrespect to AA, it does help people get sober and live a sober life. It does, but, it, but not a saved life, you know. Um, I lasted two months, and I was kicked out again of the house. I was homeless on the street. Uh, I just was running between my mom's house and my grandma's house and, and just sleeping on floors on the couch. And uh, It was seriously the darkest, um, scariest, loneliest, uh, confused time in my life. Um, I was at my wit's end, you know, I, I, and the hand of God's conviction was on me through all this. Um, so, so it was, it's one thing to go about sinning and, and, and doing what you want to do and, and living for yourself in the world without knowing Jesus um, or a relationship with Jesus. But if you try that after experiencing the goodness of Jesus in your life and you try to go against the grain of what God has planned for you, there is no heavier burden or conviction that I've ever carried in my life while I was trying to do that. And uh, I look back and I know that um, it was just basically his, his way of leading me back to the cross. So I praise him for his conviction that was on me through all that. Uh, I was running from God, but I thank him that no matter how far I ran or hard I ran, every time I turned back around that he was standing there saying, are you done yet, Jonathan? Are you done? Because I love you. You've done, you know. And, and I wasn't, but uh, I was crying out for help, and I wanted to just die. I, I was to the point, my, 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 my choices in my mind were just die or go to jail or, or something. I was, like, self-sabotaging myself, but God kept me. And, and there's a picture I want to show you all of what happens when, of me when I was... Um, living and running what I was just talking about, that is a picture of me, that is a picture of an oppressed man right there that is totally in bondage of sin, and if, if, if that could be my outward man, I would say, that would be my heart showing what, how dark it was of a place I was in. Um, that, that was a, a mug shot they took of me after I busted out a window in town. I just busted out this, I, no reason, just drunk and just... I think it was my way of crying out, like I said, just, I just wanted to go to jail, and I wanted help, and that's the result of uh, sin and the oppression of Satan and, and how serious this is. Um, I was so embarrassed of this picture. <laughs> when I first came here, I was scrambling, as pastor, I was scrambling to get this thing. I was calling the newspapers, and please, I got to get rid of this. I don't know what to do, and I was all like... I didn't want nobody to know about this, you know? And then I, I looked, and, and then I was home with the Lord, and I, you know, speaking, and he put it on my heart. He said, Jonathan, that picture's not for them. That, that picture's for you to know that that's what you look like, that, you know? And that's always a reminder. So I know that he's using that picture to... to I'm actually grateful for that picture, you know? Because um, I know where it will take me, and I know that man, and I don't ever want to see that man again. You could even take that picture down if you would. <laughs> um, 
when our rebellion is public, I also got this from the Lord. When our rebellion is made public, his, dis- his discipline will be as well. There's a perfect example of that. Um, he did that to the rebelling Israelites in the book of Ezekiel, you know. Um, I also know that Genesis 50, 20 states, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. You know, Satan was using that stuff against me and intended to harm me with it, but God is getting the glory in all this, you know, and he's using it for my good, for his good. Um, Anyway, uh, I had three more, yeah, three more near-death experiences of going to the ER after that. Um, I took these pills. I don't even know what they were, but I overdosed on them, and it completely erased my mind for like a day. Like, I couldn't even remember how to turn on it. It was to turn on the shower. I couldn't, I didn't know how to do it. Um, So I got really scared and rushed to the emergency room, and the doctor Said, am I trying to kill myself, you know? And, but anyway, I, um, God kept me through all of this. So I just was, I'm trying to emphasize the, the severity of this, that it is nothing to be taken lightly, ever. This is not a joke. I don't like, you know, it's nothing. It's serious stuff, and uh, it's real. And, and, and I just want people to know that um, by the grace of God, through all this, I had a mustard, mustard uh, seed size, you know, of hope. Um, and I reached out to a great friend and brother in Christ up there back in New Jersey at the, at the ministry I went to. I reached out to him, and uh, I quickly went back running to the Lord. And um, he gave me another chance out of the countless. I, can only ma- I, I couldn't tell you the countless, you know, times that he's kept me. Um, but he gave me an opportunity to get back and, and, and get alone with him again and establish my foundation on Jesus Christ, which is our rock. That is our foundation. Um, I was there for uh, another eight months. I went back. And uh, after I completed the program, I didn't know where I was going to go. Uh, I, I knew I wasn't going back to Delaware. I was, it just was around in my heart. You know, my grandmother's there, my mother's there and, and all, but... It's just not safe for me, so I don't go. Um, but uh, a door opened for me in Pennsylvania. That was my first option was to go to my only option at the time. was They were trying to find a place for me to go. They don't just put you out on the street when you're done that. So uh, a door opened in Quakertown, and I said, sure, I'll go wherever, you know, whatever happens. So I signed up for that. But literally after that happened... Um, I got a paper handed to me, and they said, Jim Chaplain Freed comes up. He says, do you know Pastor Mike McClung? He knew I knew you, of course. But I said, yes, I know Pastor Mike. He said, well, he wants you to call him about a living situation. And I was just blown away because that pastor, I mean, honestly, I didn't see, I didn't see any of that happening. You know, Pastor Mike was, I didn't reach out to him. I was just going through it. Anyway, he reached out to me. He found out I was in Colony of Mercy, and he reached out to me and uh, asked me would I be interested in coming here, and my first response was absolutely, um, but he gave me a week to pray on it, but I knew that in my heart that's, this was where I was coming. Uh, anyway, um, I have to take this time right now. 
to thank all you church members of my church family for loving me and taking that leap of faith on me. And I, I, just, I have no words to express how grateful I am and the love I have for you all to, to invest in me. And, and, and I'm just beyond words for gratitude for y'all. And I love you more than I can describe. Um, before I go, I have to take the time to talk about Jesus um, and the amazing freedom and peace with the abundant joy he gives. Uh, if anyone is out there struggling with sin and wants to change, um, Jesus is the only answer. Bondage is not just drugs and alcohol. It's, it's, it's other things. It's numerous things. There's sex. There's food. There's gambling. There's homosexuality. There's basically anything that you put before God to me is sin, I believe. So um, Jesus is in the tra- chain-breaking business. It's what he does. That's, uh, he can and will remove the desires that, are, are, that once held you or are destroying you. He, he then, not only does he remove the desires, but the awesomeness about it is that then he fills them desires with uh, purpose and life and hope and this peace and joy that you just have so much you want to share it with everybody and you want everybody to know the good news. And I pray if anyone has not experienced that, that, that they will. Um, pressing on to the future and putting all your faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, as it says in Philippians 3.13, Brothers, I do not consider myself to have hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. And also the exchange life is just this. It's, uh, Galatians 2.20, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you are not saved and know Jesus as your precious Savior, please know that Jesus loves you just the way you are, no matter what your condition or situation may be. Um, I eagerly and urgently pray that you will receive him today as your Savior. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Don't wait till later or tomorrow. There may not be one. When we leave here, it's not promised to us. So um, I would like to also, I have some uh, praises I'd like to share that uh, the Lord has been doing in my life so far. Um, And I stand on the promise in Joel 2.25. So I will restore the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. Um, I I take that verse as the locusts would be my addictions and my sinning and and everything that the Lord will restore what was once eaten by that. Um, As of last month, I finally... Uh, received a valid driver's license after 16 years I haven't had my license Um, yes (laughs) Uh, that's a miracle Um, I was like a 16 year old kid it's ironic that it's been 16 years and I was like a little 16 year old kid showing everybody look what I got look what I got (laughs) Um, also I have to share this is, uh, I never imagined this, but I applied for college at SWU to go to school for uh, Christian ministry, preferably start next year sometime praying. So that is a prayer request to all of you here. Um, I'd like to share this that 
I had this empty book bag in my closet, and I was like, why don't, why don't I have this? I brought it from Jersey with me, and I'm like, why don't I have an empty book bag, you know? Now I know. I think the Lord was prepping me for it. Also, on this, along the same lines as that is my diploma, my high school diploma. I, I, I actually, I dropped out of school. Like, I never even got out of the uh, eighth grade during day school. But I went back to school, and I, um, when I was 19, I got my high school diploma. And I was like, man, you know, I never used it, literally. I was like, oh, I got this high school diploma for it. What a waste of my time, I thought, in my mind, you know, at that time. So I was like, so I got this piece of paper. I don't even need it. And the Lord has revealed to me, you know, if I didn't get that high school diploma, I wouldn't be applying to no college. So that's pretty awesome. So now I know that there was a purpose behind that. Um, also, another praise is that I am graduating my covenant, which is very exciting to me with, the, with the, the ministry I was speaking of on December 4th, where me and Pastor are riding up to Jersey. And uh, it's just going to be a blessing to be back on that grounds and see all the men that are, it's just an awesome place, um, excited about that, uh, also, when God restores, he doesn't do things small, he is a big God, who does nothing but big things, I have faith, he blesses his people abundantly beyond measure, not meaning only in physical, when I'm talking about that, I don't mean physically blessing me, like the school and the license and all those things, those things are important, but they're not life, um, I'm talking about spiritually and mentally. He blesses his people abundantly. That is uh, the, the most important thing. Um, if your heart's not right with the Lord, nothing's right. Uh, I'm just grateful for the broken road that brought me here. And uh, that's it. I thank you all very much. And uh, praise God always. And let's go live it. Others around him that they may know that there is hope for them too. Would I pray that never again would he be drawn back into that lifestyle that caused defeat previously. But rather, I pray that now you would empower him to show others a way out. Would I praise you for what you have done and pray that you would continue to do this work. Would I pray for others in this room today who perhaps are in this struggle, Maybe today they battle and they are dealing with addiction of some sort. Maybe it's with drugs or alcohol, but as Jonathan said, it's not just a drug and alcohol thing. This is a symptom of sin. Lord, I pray today that you would set us free, that you would make it clear in our hearts that we do not have to be identified by the sin of our past. We do not have to be enslaved by anything that once had mastery over us, but rather we can and ought to be set free by the power of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray right now that you would set us free. Maybe as individuals stand in support of Jonathan today, maybe there are those who right now need to cry out to you and find forgiveness of sins. Lord, I pray that right now you would grant it. But not just a forgiveness of sins that they can look back and say, I prayed and asked for forgiveness, but that this would also be a moment in time where truly the old self would die and the new would come to life. 
Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come in and you would change everything about us. That you would allow us to walk away from sin and to move forward running toward you. Lord, I pray that you would grant us a new life only through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray today for your anointing on each one who is here. May we intimately sense your presence in us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask actually if you'd be seated just for one more moment. And uh, I just want to take a moment and as we celebrate Jonathan, one of the principles that has come so clearly in my heart over the years of working in addiction recovery ministry is the, the fact that it is important for us to point people away from their sin. Very clearly in the book of First Chronicles, we are called to turn from our sin. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. That's the promise of God. But understand that it is not enough for us merely to tell people they have to turn away from sin. They need to have something to turn toward. I will tell you that the only hope that we have, the only thing worth turning to, is Jesus Christ. God has provided in Jonathan's situation in so many ways, and there's no way to explain it except to say that God is working a miracle and continues to do so. The mere fact that he ends up in a town where now he can pursue studying for ministry so that he can stand up and do what I get to do on a regular basis is amazing to me that God would put him in that position. But I would suggest that God probably had that planned long before you or I or Jonathan ever had a clue about it. I will tell you that that's only possible when we see Jesus Christ as the one to pursue. When we seek him, his plans are much better than our plans. His ways are much better than our ways. And we can trust that in his hands, there is something worth living for. Today, we celebrate what God is doing. And Jonathan, what I would challenge you with, God desires to do something just as great, if not even greater, in your life. Wherever you may be today, whatever is going on, whatever junk is taking place in your life, God desires to set you free. He desires for you to have that same hope and that same promise. And all we have to do is to genuinely seek after him. And I'll tell you what, it's more than just you saying you're going to do it. You have to allow God to change you. We joke sometimes with Jonathan, he has such a servant's heart. Uh, he goes to lunch, and I, I've sat at the table with him. The guys that he works with, they all sit at the table with him, and he won't even let them actually take their plates and their trays back to the kitchen afterwards because he wants to be able to do it. And we joke with him about it, but the truth is, Jonathan loves to be able to do that because that's his heart. He wants to serve. He wants to be a blessing to others. I will tell you that a changed heart doesn't care necessarily whether everybody else thinks you're weird because you do stuff like that, because you just want to serve and you want to be a blessing. I will tell you, God can transform any life. There's no such thing as a lost cause. There's no such thing as someone without hope, because we have Jesus Christ who has made his hope and his life available to us. I challenge you. I know we just prayed, but I challenge you today. If you have not yet discovered that hope, and you would like to discover that hope, I would love to talk with you before you leave today.
I would love to be able to share with you. Jonathan would love to be able to talk with you and to pray with you and to encourage you so that you too can experience that same hope and grace that God has extended to him. I do thank each of you for being here. Some of you came because Jonathan was sharing today. Some of you came because a friend or a neighbor or a family member invited you to come. Some of you came just because it's what you do on Sunday morning. Regardless of why you came, I pray that God has ministered to you and that perhaps he would continue to minister beyond this location. Thank you for being with us today. Go with the grace of God.